Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. I hope everything's going well for you today, sir. It is. It is. Things are going hunky-dory, although I, I got to tell you, things are better for me than they are for Joe Biden. Oh, well, Man. you know, yeah, the canary sang yesterday. Ooh. Hunter's uh, partner. Ooh. And, uh, I, you know, President Trump said yesterday, I, I would expect another indictment to, indictment to come down. Well, that was uh, what I was going to say. With all the bad news for the hunters going on, and, and now it's not whether we're going to impeach, it's when, because now it's imminent, because the dots have been, you know, the I's have been dotted, the T's have been crossed. In other words, uh, remember the wife that uh, supposedly Joe met with that he says he didn't, and mm -hmm. she gave him $2.5 million afterwards? The, the Moscow, former Moscow... Um... I, was it the mayor of Moscow's widow? Yeah, yeah. Widow, well, yeah. apparently now, it's not apparently, uh, he did have that meeting. Yeah. He did get that money. And, well, what does that make him? Rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got $2.5 million. Yeah. He's got squir uh, squirreled away in some offshore bank. I wish you I had know, I did. I did read that he did have an offshore account somewhere. I, I read that, now, I, I don't know how true that is, but... I did read that in my uh, as I was doing my homework for the show, but you know I, I've read that too. Actually, I've heard that they got several of them. James Comer, who is the um, chairman of the Oversight Committee, he was on mm -hmm. with Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly does a great show on uh, Newsmax, and uh, they were talking about what Devin Archer said yesterday, and and uh, it was quite enlightening. And at the very end. He discusses what you just said, the word impeachment. So listen carefully. Congressman James Culver, the chair of the House Oversight Committee. Welcome back, <laughs> sir. Why would he have done such a thing? You actually met him. What did you think of Devin Archer? Well, I think that uh, he was under a lot of pressure today. Uh, we know that uh, the Biden attorneys have threatened him and intimidated him. Uh, we know the Department of Justice sent him two letters over the weekend, which is unheard of. Uh, but despite that, I think he answered a lot of questions that needed to be answered, specifically that Joe Biden did, in fact, talk to numerous people that his son was receiving wires from while Joe Biden was vice president. And that is something that Joe Biden has consistently lied about. That's what the Democrats have consistently taken Joe Biden's position, saying he never spoke with anyone Hunter Biden was doing business with. But yet we learned today that over 20 times, in fact, Joe Biden, while he was vice president, spoke with people who were sending the Biden family members these suspicious wires that the banks nor anyone else in America know what the purpose of the wires were for. And the nature of the, uh, well, here's what Congressman Goldman, and he's all hapless and nervous. A lot of people notice that. He, he was in the room, too. He's how he, how he characterized what Archer said about what the vice president said. The witness, Mr. Archer, was very clear that Hunter spoke to his father every day. Um, that, and he indicated that he approximated about 20 times over the course of his 10-year business relationship that he had with Mr. Biden, which would be with Hunter Biden, which would be about twice a year that uh, Hunter would put his father on speakerphone with um, uh, with whomever was at dinner, and he, there was no indication that he had any idea who was at dinner with them. It was just to say, hello, I'm at dinner here, and there was nothing related to his business dealings. 
Hello, I'm at dinner here with a bunch of people who are paying me money, Vice President Biden, my father. Uh, it's obvious that this was no good. Yeah, what middle-aged man calls his dad every day and puts him on speakerphone so his business associates can hear him talk. I mean, another thing that Devin Archer testified today was the Biden family, in fact, was influence peddling. Uh, we know that Devin Archer has violated the Foreign Agents Registration Act. That's a very serious law. But when you think about what Archer testified today, my question is now, did Joe Biden commit the Foreign Agents Registration Act? Because his family was receiving millions of millions of dollars from these foreign nationals. None of these people that he put his dad on the business phone with are reputable business people. They all are under some type of investigation or on the flea in the countries where they originate from. The people that, that Hunter Biden was putting on speakerphone with his sitting vice president father were some of the worst people on the planet. But yet they were paying the Biden family millions and millions of dollars. And Goldman thinks that every American is going to believe the fact, that, oh, well, they just talked about the weather. How's the weather in Russia? How's the weather in Ukraine or China? I mean, that's ridiculous. So that is ridiculous. Every day we get more and more evidence that points to Joe Biden directly. All roads lead to Joe Biden. And today we we learned without a shadow of a doubt that Joe Biden has been lying to the American people when he said he never spoke with anyone his son was receiving money from. And he said that hundreds of times. So what do you think was going on here? I mean, yes. it seems obvious, but let's just say it out loud. Hunter was showing his business associates, the people he was doing business with, look who I can get on the phone that easily. Right. What do you guys want done? All yeah. right, I'm going to go back and get it done with him uh, when you're not around, but I just proved to you I can get him on the phone. Joe Biden on purpose didn't say anything substantive, substantively. The whole message was, look how close I am to my father. Right, and they go to great lengths to protect their father, a term that Joe Biden's brother, who we've never started with yet, but he's just as bad as the president's son. He just didn't leave a laptop laying around. They, he brags about the term plausible deniability, and they laugh about it when he talks to people like, yeah, my brother's involved, but plausible deniability, ha, 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 ha. I mean, this is a trend that the Biden family has used. And one last thing that was said in this testimony today, Devin Archer testified that the owners of Burisma were pressuring Hunter to call Washington to get Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor, fired. And we know because we've seen on video Joe Biden bragged about, in fact, firing the prosecutor in Ukraine that was investigating his son's corrupt energy company, and he wasn't going to give them our tax dollars, our foreign aid, unless the Ukrainian president fired the prosecutor. That's what Devin Archer said that those guys were pressuring Hunter to do. Call Washington. Get this Shokin fired. I mean, the, this was a bombshell today. Uh, this is more evidence that points directly to Joe Biden. I mean, the amount, the number of crimes that the Biden family's committed continues to grow, and more and more evidence shows that Joe Biden knew exactly what was going on. That's wild about Shokin, and, and Devin Archer said that out loud. Hey, <laughs> 
that Goldman guy, Congressman, he looked spooked. He looked nervous. And yeah. you were in the room like, yeah. are these guys recognizing that this is beyond their control now? That that the stuff that Biden apparently yeah. has been doing, I mean, obviously you've been doing, it's metastasized and, and, and this is going <laughs> to, this is real. It's not, it's not fake news. It's not a yeah. conspiracy theory. God. The walls are closing in on the Bidens, and the the Democrats on the Oversight Committee continue to move the goalposts. The goalposts are so far off the football field, they're almost in the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean right now. The, the goalposts have moved so far on what this original narrative was, that Joe Biden never had any knowledge of what his family did. Uh, we're going to continue to bring more associates in, we're going to continue to publish more bank records, and we're going to continue to move forward. And I think the evidence will continue to mount. This is a snowball. It's rolling downhill. It's not going to stop. I mean, how can a guy like this stay in office? Uh, you heard Speaker McCarthy. He's talking about impeachment, possibly bribery. If this is mm -hmm. bribery, that's in the Constitution. I mean, do you think he's going to get impeached? Should he be impeached? Well, I know how I would vote, but again, that's a decision for Speaker McCarthy. But I'll tell you this, right before I came on the show, Speaker McCarthy called me and I gave him a uh, rundown of what was said today. And we talked about steps moving forward. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's James Comer from More the come. House Oversight uh, Committee. And uh, they interviewed Devin Archer and it looked like uh, he spilled the beans. He spilled yeah, the beans. Is he is he the tip of the iceberg though? More people to spill the beans because well, you know, I heard somebody saying it's so true. How much more do we need? I mean, we've seen so much, so much evidence uh, thrown mm -hmm. out there, and they keep saying, "Well, we need more evidence." Well, we have enough right now to uh, to impeach him. You know, just the mere fact that um, what Biden said. You remember what Biden said? Uh, I think it was at a a speech he did uh, while he was vice president where he's sitting up there and saying, well, you know, I, I said, uh, you're not going to get the billion dollars. Oh, yeah. And he used, yeah, and he that's, called him an SOB. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's quid pro quo, tit yeah. for tat. That's, you know, you do something for me and I'll do something for you. And um, that's all you really need. Right. You know, I mean, everything else right now is uh, just icing on the cake. We've got more against Biden and the Biden crime family than, you know, what they impeached Trump with because it was all hearsay stuff. And, you know, and, and finally they, they overturned it. But the point is, is, is that this guy is dirty, dirtier than dirt. Even Nixon, the Nixon trial. Oh, yes. There, this goes deeper than what Watergate. Nixon, you know? Nixon was accused... Yeah. Of uh, uh, of having knowledge about the plumbers, the plumbers were the guys who supposedly broke into the Democratic National Headquarters at the Watergate to uh, pilferage through some of their files, and they got caught. And I guess they said that Nixon destroyed 18 minutes of tape because Nixon recorded everything in the Oval Office, and right. uh, he supposedly had uh, 18 minutes of tape destroyed. It it seems like that seems like nothing child's child's play compared to what this guy's this guy has done. If if all of the accusations against Biden are true, there's no other word but 
treason. I mean, this guy has been treasonous. Well, it is treason. Yeah. And that's why I say, you know, they're going to, you know, the Democrats are tit for tat uh, party. So they're going to come up and say, well, we got to get everything off of the Democrats and Biden. So let's make something else up in Trump. And whatever they hit him with, they might hit him with a, one indictment or so, but then they're going to come back and fabricate dirt. Yeah. And, you know, the sad part about it is I, I my first reaction is to say, well, you know, they'll have nothing. But they had nothing during the whole Russia, Russia, Russia thing. They had nothing. Yet what they did have was the media on their side. And if the media will back you up and say, well, you know, there's probably evidence here that uh, so-and-so did such-and-such, that's all you need, yeah. you know. And uh, Well, they tried to do what? The urination on the bed thing and everything oh like that? Oh, my God. Well, they, you know, if that happened, you, you have know, pictures of it. Why didn't you have the DNA evidence of it? You know, because it was fake, and then Bill, they turned out it was fake. Bill, if anyone anyone who knows Trump will tell you he's a kind of a uh, a germ phobe, he's a germ. Yeah. I mean, he uses a lot of Purell, and he he you know before he was in politics, he wasn't crazy about shaking everybody's hand. No, but you know they had to break that habit because in politics you're glad handing everybody. But the thing is, for him to be accused of doing what he did on that bed in Moscow, come well, on. Let's, let's clarify that. You can't accuse him of what he did when he didn't do no, it. No, you so. know what I mean. Yeah, Being no, no, accused no, but, of the actions you know, that they say he did. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, that that's that's mind-boggling. Um, but, you know, Trump says any uh, newspaper reporter that got a uh, Pulitzer mm -hmm. Prize for writing about Russia, Russia, Russia should be required to send it back because the whole story was proven to be false. And if you get an award for writing about a false story, what good is it? You know, it devalues the the Pulitzer. So, and I agree with them. Send them I back. agree, but you know, there's a lot of that. Uh, the, the, I, I guess it's a, a we're going through a an era of phonyism. Mm -hmm. You know, fake news. You know, people uh, people winning awards under false pretenses. Well, I'm a woman. Yeah, but, uh, you know, yes. Yes. I might have a man's DNA, but in my mind, I'm a woman. Yes, yeah. and so I can un unfairly compete. I mean, this is such a twisted society that we live in. I know. had a conversation last night. We were talking to a school teacher who's not in real estate, but you know, she was fed up with you know how the they would sit there. The pendulum swings back and forth, and I think actually she was a liberal. But the point is, like you take stories, you know. Um, that they're going, oh, you can't do that. Like, um, oh, what what was it? Uh, trying to think of the, the, what was that story that we talked about? Who was the character you mentioned that had all the racist things in it? Well, Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, the original oh, Huckleberry they, Finn. They want to take Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer out of the libraries. They yeah, want them gone. It, okay. What we did back then was wrong, but it was a it's but a it stitch wasn't. in time that we lived through, and it's part of the history. Exactly, we got past it. I mean, I mean, well, let me ask you a question: If you if you take Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer out of the library, do you should you stop reporting about uh, the Civil War? Should you stop? Well, absolutely. Should I you think, stop I think talking should... about Harriet Tubman and uh, uh, all of these uh, classic Civil War well, uh, why don't characters? Well, we just neuter society? Let's just sterilize it. None of this ever happened. Well, you know, you know, they they tried. They were pulling down statues. They still yeah. they still remove statues of uh, 
Confederate soldiers and con- Confederate generals. You know, whether you, well, whether you believed in the cause or not, people who fought for the Civil War uh, on the side of the South, they still were Americans. I know that sounds crazy. Yeah. It was a Civil War. It was American versus American. And to to take, you know, leaders like uh, Robert E. Lee and, and uh, Stonewall Jackson and uh, James Longstreet, these were great generals, and to remove their um, their statues and stuff because you want to pretend they didn't exist does a disservice to our country. It does a, it, mm-hmm. It's a big disservice. You know, a, a lot of uh, those young Americans who died for the South, they shouldn't be forgotten. They thought no. they were fighting for an American cause. It was the wrong one. We all agree. I mean, they, and they didn't, you know— and I'll, I'll stop talking history because I know I get off sometimes no, on a no, tangent. No, Go ahead and talk history. But you know the thing is, Bill, uh, a lot of the people who fought for the South believed that they were protecting their rights, their states' rights. They felt that the states were the ultimate arbiter of uh, how their lives should be led. Meaning, for example, Robert E. Lee said to President Lincoln, I can't— I can't, he was offered the uh, Army of the Potomac, Lee was. Uh, Lincoln said, "You, I want you to run my army. And, and Lee said, thank you, Mr. President, but I cannot take up arms against my country. When he said his country, he wasn't talking about the United States. He was right. talking about Virginia. And that's an interesting point. You know, I, I cannot take, arm, take up arms against my country. Right. His state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really when you look at it, the, the perception that people have today, well, we're the United States. Yes, we are the United States, but each state is of its own. Right. Each you know, state so is, we have, the way it was set up supposedly early on in the Revolutionary War, the states really were independent little uh, governments, and mm-hmm. uh, we were all under one loose flag. It wasn't, it wasn't the united, uh, solid, federally controlled states that we have today. It was really more state-controlled. Right. O- over the centuries, that's changed. We've relinquished a lot of our power to and the federal government. I think that's government. wrong. I mean, it's nice to have a united base because, yeah, we, we are big and we are powerful. But sometimes you get too big for your own britches, and I think— We've gotten too big for our own britches here. And I wonder, 200 years from now, if people today would take a step back and a pause and look and reflect, you know, look at themselves in the mirror and reflect how the future is going to look back at what we're doing today. Well, if the Democrats get their way in the future. Well, you won't have a chance to look back. In the future, uh, they will have erased a lot of our history, so there won't be won't be a lot to look at. If the Democrats, and I'm not talking about the Democratic listener like that is listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. The Democrat listener who's listening to this podcast, for the most part, is your all-American, middle-of-the-road, you know, curious about what the other side thinks, uh, isn't a leftist leftist. They are more moderates, but... Um, I do think you know, that the ones who are running our government right now are socialists, and I think that they don't have the values that a lot of our Democratic listeners have. And mm-hmm. I think that the Democratic listeners right now are starting to realize that they're not being represented by the people that they thought they were voting for. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, I've got, I've got liberal friends 
that, uh, well, I've got them. I've got liberal friends that are liberal, 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 mm-hmm. and I've got liberal friends that they are moderate. You right. know, and I've known them since I was a child. So sure. a, lot of, a lot of them around California. I have them too. And, yeah. And listen right now. And, uh, you know, they may not agree with everything we say. I don't agree with everything they say. But the one thing that we have in common is that we listen to one another and at least we weigh their opinion. Mm-hmm. And isn't that what it's all about? Yes. And I think that's the American way of doing it. When I was a kid, which was ancient times, we, I would I would ride to school on my horse. <laughs> no. When I was a kid, um, we took pride in the fact that, uh, you know, the neighbor could be Republican, we were Democrats, and believe me, at the time, I, that's how it was in my family. We were Democrats from Massachusetts, right? But it was a different Democratic Party back then. It mm-hmm. was all-American. It was the JFK Democratic Party. It was a, a, a totally—I think today JFK would, would not have been— uh, in the Democratic Party, I think if no, it was, he would have been on the other side of the yeah. fence, or or at the very, uh, uh, at the very least, uh, an independent, and that makes me wonder where RFK is going because, um, you know, or R- RFK Jr. But the, the simple fact is, they are they have pushed him away. If oh yeah, if they haven't pushed him out of the party. You know, the other guy they're pushing out of the party who's trying to be a loyal Democrat is Manchin. You know. Well, pushing he, him out too. He, he has tried, but boy, they really make it difficult for him. You know, uh, but Manchin seems to always capitulate when push comes to shove. He talks a good talk, and at times you think, "My God, talk about it." He's a, one of the last of the moderate Democrats. But then, when an important vote comes through, like a Biden budget or something like that, he falls. He tries to he, be a Democrat. He, and he falls needs to like throw a that cheap out the suit, window, and he needs to just start start going yeah, with his heart. He falls and, like a cheap suit. He does. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, uh, uh, Bill Hemmer uh, yeah. was talking on Fox about uh, what happened during that uh, testimony yesterday, and uh, he kind of lays it out pretty well. Listen. This now, Jillian, this is intriguing to our viewers at home. Archer tells the House investigators that Hunter Biden put then-VP Biden on a speakerphone more than 20 times to sell, quote, the brand, in parentheses, in business conversations. And Chad goes on to say that Archer testified that there was a value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board, uh, was the brand, Burisma's the energy company out of Ukraine. Uh, the argument was that then-Vice President Joe Biden brought the most value to the brand. There's that phrase yet again. Archer also stated that Burisma would have gone under if not for the brand. Wow. In December of 2015, the owner of Burisma, a gentleman, the CEO who ran the company, placed constant pressure on Hunter Biden to get help from Washington, D.C. regarding the Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin. To tie this all together now, this energy company, Jillian, wanted to do business in America. There was even a suggestion through the story that they wanted to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange, but they could only do it if they got away from the investigation that was pending back in Ukraine. And this is the theory that Republicans have now, is that they had to draw Hunter Biden into it. They had to bring then-Vice President Joe Biden into it to help get the prosecutor taken out of his job. That would clear the runway, so to speak, in order for Burisma to have greater success in the business community, not just in Ukraine, but specifically here in the United States. They referred to it as the brand. What I thought was interesting is 
they tried mm-hmm. to defend President Biden by saying, you know, he just got on the phone to say hello. But somebody said, and it's so true, what they would, what Hunter Biden was doing by getting his father on the phone was saying to the people at the table, look, I can get the second most powerful, at the time he was vice president, I can get the second most powerful person in the United States on the phone at my beck and call. Watch. Click, click, click. Hi, Dad. How you doing? Hi, Hunter. I'm here with my friends having dinner. Hello there. How you doing? Even if that's all he did, that by itself was saying to everybody at the table, I have the power to get this guy to do what has to be done as quickly as that. That's all he had to do. You know, they said that uh, you heard, I think you heard uh, James Comer say that uh, plausible deniability was the key phrase that they used in the Biden family. I got to wonder, you know, you're talking about uh, Biden being the second most powerful man in the world Mm -hmm. uh, at that time. I'm wondering, you know, his dirty dealings didn't start in the White House when he was vice president. Right. They started well before that. You know, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe behind this, behind the curtain, he might not have been the most powerful person because of all of his dirty dealings. And, you know, Barack probably benefited from it, too, because he's, you know, he's no saint either. I think that Barack was definitely um, the power behind the whole brand they were talking about. I think that nothing could have happened when Joe was vice president if Barack didn't give him absolute authority to do so. Yeah. You know? Well, either way, I mean, you know, this is the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, when you see an iceberg floating, you go, oh, that's big. Wait until you see what's under the surface. So if this is what we're seeing right now, whatever's there is 20, 30, 50 times bigger than what we're seeing this thing is going to be big, run deep, and we may not want to know everything that uh, has gone on. Well, it'll be interesting to see where uh, where this whole thing is go. The whole thing yeah. goes, but uh, um, I don't know. You, I think that Joe Biden is um, in in serious serious trouble right now, more so than he'll try to let on. They asked him a question at a press conference yesterday, and he avoided answering by looking confused and dazed. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, that works. He's doing that a lot lately because I think they're looking for uh, an out if they need to do it. Well, or distraction. There's going to be a big distraction this week. And it might not just be a Trump indictment, you know, that they, they fabricate and it will be one. Well, we, we, we're not going to announce what it is. We're, you know, we're just going to, we're going to do this, and then we'll we'll give you the facts later. Well, uh, other things I wanted to play for you today. Uh, we could talk forever about this Biden case. Yeah, but uh, no, we got to wait and see what happens. You know, things mm-hmm. have to happen. Uh, uh, I think he's going to get impeached, but uh, goodness knows. Um, Never know. President Trump was in Erie over the weekend. Yeah, and I got some audio from President Trump uh, talking to the rally. You got to listen to the mm-hmm. listen to the size of the audience. They came out yesterday with uh, statistics on the number of people that were there, and it set records. You know his popularity, 
is at an all-time high, which is even bigger than when he ran before. I think they I said that. My phone on the floor I, I think they said that uh, Elton John played there and Michael Jackson played there, mm-hmm. and they all had both of those guys had smaller crowds than Trump. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, it's amazing what he's got. Here's President Trump. A few minutes of, tr- of uh, him speaking to the crowd. Listen. On day one of my new administration, I will seal the border. And by the way. Want people to come in, but they have to come in legally. Legally. I will save the economy. I will purge the deep state, and I will prevent World War III, which is where we're headed. Not only is crooked Joe Biden the most incompetent president in American history, he can't even put two sentences together. Joe Biden is the most corrupt president in American history. The Biden's colossal scams, money laundering, and criminality make Hillary Clinton look like a very beautiful angel. Just think of what he's been revealed to have done in just the last few weeks alone. A really great guy, Chairman James Comer and Senator Chuck Grassley, and working with... They are working with some of the finest people. They really are. Jim Jordan, so many fine people. Release a bombshell FBI document laying out a massive bribery scheme in which Hunter and Joe Biden shook down a Ukrainian energy boss. Shook him down. Energy boss, a big one, for $10 million so that, as the executive said, Hunter could protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. Well, can you imagine if I did that one? That wouldn't work out too well. It was also revealed this week that Hunter's business partner witness Hunter put foreign business associates on the phone with Crooked Joe at least two dozen times. Let's see what happens with that. Including with the corrupt Ukrainian energy company that Joe claimed he knew absolutely nothing about. I don't know anything about it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about my son's business. My son's business? Remember during the debate, I said, what about your son's business? What about China? Nothing to do with China. They took in millions. But so much more money pours in, and Joe, he knew all about it. It was a big lie. That was a big lie. This is the biggest scandal in U.S. history and perhaps the world, and yet the media doesn't want to report on it. The fake news right over there. surprise for covering uh, Russia, 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 right? And then it turned out to be false. They have to turn back their Pulitzer Prizes pretty soon. The Bidens got millions of dollars from Ukraine. Now Ukraine gets billions and billions of dollars from the American taxpayer. Joe Biden is compromised. He's dragging us into a global conflict on behalf of the very same country, Ukraine, that apparently paid his family all of these millions of dollars. In light of this information, the U.S. Congress should refuse to offer authorize a single additional payment of our depleted stockpiles. Did you see last week? Last week, I said, we have no ammunition. The United States, you know, I rebuilt the military. We had so much ammunition. We had to buy storage, massive storage bins for it. It's almost gone. First of all, that shouldn't have happened. But who would release that? Who would say that? That was classified information, wasn't it, huh? 
with the weapons stockpiles to Ukraine until the FBI, DOJ, and IRS hand over every scrap of evidence they have on the Biden crime family's corrupt business dealings. We have to know, and the public deserves to know. In addition, Congress should immediately vote to block Joe Biden's recent call-up of reserve forces. We're sending now troops over to Europe to fight. That's uh, President Trump. Just a little uh, snippet of what he said at the rally on Saturday Mm -hmm. night in Erie. And uh, they loved it. They were just so delighted that he was there. I think we're desperate for great leadership again because we've seen what this guy can do. I mean, this guy is just destroying our country. And he's not doing it slowly, you know, in little nibbles. He's taking a a side to it. He's, He's literally just slicing it all away. The borders are gone. We're... You hear what he just said at the end of that speech? We're sending troops over to Europe right now. Yeah, you know, why? Because we're getting ready to actually fight a, a ground war in mm-hmm. Europe. This guy, this fool, it, it, he will do anything, by the way, to distract against the, the criminal activity that he's done. Well, would that not shut down the criminal activity, the, the investigation of everything and the indictments? If we went to war, the War Powers Act kick in, there is no election. And he carries on. I don't know whether the War Powers Act would kick in if it's a legal war that Congress votes for us to get involved with. And I can't see that happening with the Republicans running Congress right now. But if a, some if if somehow he gets Congress to back him and they go to war, uh, the War Powers Act, I think that would be mostly if there was like a an insurrection in our country, wouldn't it uh, be more of a, a revolution type thing where the government was uh, initiating martial law? I, I could be mm-hmm. wrong, but um, I don't know. But you know, that that's always a fear that, you know, they do something like that and they could manufacture some atrocity that they do it. Speaking of uh, insurrection, you know, the January six people that have been locked up, mm-hmm. the Biden administration is doing their damnedest to take all of them out of regular holding even if they haven't been tried yet, yeah, and throw them into uh, be incarcerated with some of the worst criminals I around. Know. It's because well, these are the most mean, vindictive people. You know, they had them in cells that were moldy. They had them in cells in the winter time that were cold. They probably are still that way. Um, mm-hmm. This is um, and a lot of these guys. Again, should we should remind our listeners they haven't been charged. A lot of these guys right. who are in, who are in those cells haven't had uh, speedy justice. They've been just languishing in these blooming cells. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it's a, it's amazing. I uh, mean, yeah, we're we're doing everything a third world country would do, and they're probably we're probably the poster child now for being a third world country yeah. for what we're doing. I agree. Hey, you know who? Do you know John Fredericks? John Fredericks is a talk show host. Uh, he's been on a number of radio stations and has an right. uh, interesting background. He had President Trump on yesterday, and they were talking about something which I think uh, we've talked about here on the show. I, I question how he can possibly win uh, in 2024 if they haven't fixed the system. And John right. Fredericks asked the question that I would have asked, and here's what President Trump said. Listen. The shenanigans that went on in Pennsylvania in 2020 where they blocked Corey Lewandowski from going in, put cardboard up on windows, ballots coming in in the middle of the night, all the shenanigans. What does the Trump campaign, what does the RNC have in place right now to stop that from happening again? 
in up in uh, November fifth, twenty twenty four. Well, we're prepared for it now. You know, until this stuff happened. I campaigned. I was a happy warrior. I campaigned. And then at 4 o'clock in the morning, I left uh, Iowa, and I left a couple. I I think I did seven rallies that day, if you can believe it. These were big rallies. But I left. I went home, and I watched. And the people that were running these... uh, these places now they were they were being led by you know they were being literally hurt by thugs you had thugs in there telling them to get out you had poll watchers and voter watchers where thugs absolute thugs uh, were were telling them to get out get the hell out of here and you know the stuff that went on was unbelievable now i I, as a candidate i'm supposed to go home after and watch and see but nobody's ever seen like what happened now they use COVID to cheat and various other things, but they had they had people in there that were uh, bad people, and we're going to do it. And I'm going to be involved this time. The most important time isn't, in my opinion, leading up to the election. It's what they're doing with the election, the, the vote. And you know, some of these votes now last for two months instead of the old days. We had one day voting, and you know what happens in two months? A lot of things happen in two months. And we should have one-day voting, we should have paper ballots, and we should have voter ID, and you'd have honest elections. You know, John Frederick's question was not ambiguous. It was very direct, and, and it was a specific, honest, you know, what are you going to do to protect the election and make it, make it so we have a fair outcome? And right. President Trump acknowledged that he had something in the works, but he didn't get to the specifics. And I thought, well, I'm actually kind of makes sense because you don't want to show your hand before, mm-hmm. uh, before things happen. I, but it does indicate to me that they've thought this through. And I was thinking, what could they do to make it fair? And I was thinking, you know, they could have the military at all of the polling places. They could have military advisors protecting the um, sanctity of the vote. And, and that might uh, stop people from messing around. You have military advisors watching people do stuff, and it changes the whole landscape. What do you, what do you think, Bill? Well, I, I like the idea of military advisors there. But, uh, you know, what a, what a picture that's going to make for the world when we have to sit there and guard against our own elections. Well, you know, the option, the alternative, rather, would be another case of stolen election. Uh, and well, you know, I, 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 you know, as far as that goes, I mean, I think they got that machine pretty well, uh, you know, organized for everything. So I still don't trust the elections coming up. You know, I don't trust them. Like I'm with you because I think uh, you can do a lot of uh, changes uh, in the computer system itself, uh, in the privacy and the darkness of the computer mm-hmm. system. They said, you know, it wasn't connected to the internet. And then they had to, they had to change their story back in 2012. Yeah, it's connected, right. but nothing nefarious actually happens here. You know, we, we keep it all to ourselves. It's all on the up and up. Trust us, trust us, uh, which is nonsense because anybody who was paying attention in 2020, all you had to do is look at them, go under tables these tables that had curtains, you know, and pull out hundreds of, uh, of ballots that were hidden under these tables and then feed them into the system. You know, I mean, it was so obvious that they cheated, yet they've made it so that if you say that, 
you're a wacko. You know, you're you're some kind of conspiracy nut. You know, and that that's that's nonsense. I think the biggest mistake they did is in the 2020 election. You know, they said, well, we're going to take a break for the night. But yeah, you know, the news coverage continued and they should have not done it because we sat there. I was one of those individuals in the wee hours of the morning. Well, it was one thirty, two thirty, something yeah. like that. You saw those numbers just do the big, massive swing. And in every election I ever watched, you'd see swings. But, you know, they were just a few hundred votes. And sometimes it was a handful of votes. But here you saw... Hundreds of thousands. Bill, I went to bed. I went to bed at uh, like eleven o'clock, and Trump was up by eight hundred thousand votes in PA. I thought he's got it. No big deal. It's in the it's in the can. Yeah, there's no way you uh, you would overcome that. But you know that that turned out to be a leaky bucket of water. Yeah, put the hole in it. Yeah. Well, um, I think he and his staff have done a lot of thinking about how they're going to protect the integrity of 2024. I don't think we're privy to what they're going to do because I think that if they talk about it, they figure that the other side is going to have a chance to uh, act against See, it. You know? Yeah, and I don't know that you can protect against what happened in 2022. You know, I was just I reading, mean, 2020. I was reading a, a story, Bill. Um, this is sad. A new poll from Gallup, you know, the Gallup organization, mm -hmm. finds that confidence in the U.S. military is at its lowest point since the late 1990s. I saw that with Millie there. Yeah, he should be proud of that one. Take that one home. and Yeah. He needs a, he, yeah, he needs a trophy for that to put yeah. on his mantle. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, he goes back to Biden. You know, yeah, the commander-in-chief. You know, every time I think of that, I think of him. Do you remember when those... 13 bodies from people who died in Afghanistan were coming into Dover and Biden standing there and every so often he's glancing at his watch like, when is this going to be over? Yeah, I'm wasting my time here. I, need, yeah. I got other things. To, I got to plan my vacation. Well, you know what he's doing now? He's, he's on, on vacation. Yeah, he's on vacation. He's in Dover. Not Dover. He's in, uh, where do they have their place in Delaware? Anyway, he has a beachfront property in Delaware and he's back there sitting on the beach, uh, just soaking up the sun, and uh, the world is yeah, good. Yeah, and when you look at him, does he look like the most popular president in the history of the U.S.? Because that's what they're claiming, and I'm going like, okay, this can't be. If he is the most popular president in the history of the U.S., and he's killed this country, and everyone's saying that, mm -hmm. and then Trump's numbers as Biden's woes, get bigger are are at historical highs you know we are talking about uh an impossibility you can't have it both ways they're and gonna, yet they, it is they, so they, the news will go around and correct it and say oh that's all fake news you know those numbers for trump you know but the, it's not fake news they're going to hit him with more indictments probably this week and every time they hit him with a new indictment his poll numbers are going to go up Right. More and more, faster and faster. Um, I wanted to play. I had an. I found this interesting piece. One of my uh, dearest friends, uh, a lady who has had a phenomenal career in broadcasting, who at some point may actually come on this program and join us. I know who I, you're talking I, about. I don't want to mention her name yet because I don't want to get her in trouble because she hasn't made any announcements. We haven't. Uh, but she. She's a. Uh, 
a wonderful lady and uh, a like-minded spirit. She thinks like we do, and yeah. uh, which is amazing considering the different places she's worked at. She's worked at some of the biggest broadcasting facilities in the world and um, had an incredible career. But she sent me this little clip yesterday, and it's by a guy named Michael Matt, M-A-T-T. Mm-hmm. I-, I wasn't familiar with him, but he's actually... Uh, an editor for, I think it's called Reliant TV, and it's uh, uh, a traditional kind of Catholic network. You know, it's like uh, EWTN type thing, but it's conservative. It is very conservative. And uh, Michael Matt is is a smart guy. And uh, I I called my friend and I said, hey, listen, that's a great audio clip. Do you you think it'd be okay to run it? And she was excited that we were going to do it. It's um, mm-hmm. kind of an editorial about the world we're living in right now and uh, uh, the, the things that we're up against in this world. And I thought I would play it now because uh, it's an interesting piece. Listen. Let's hear it. Everyone's in on the Great Reset. Well, almost everyone. There's one guy who's got the power to do something to stop it, and you know exactly where I'm going. And they made a mistake. They tried to get Trump on their side, so they invited Donald Trump to Davos, I think a couple of times. But in January, when Donald Trump, I think, really began to see the beast that he was up against, he went to Davos, to the World Economic Forum, and he stuck a mega finger in their eye. We're committed to conserving the majesty of God's creation and the natural beauty of our world. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country. Two days after Donald Trump gave that speech, the 89-year-old leftist weirdo billionaire George Soros made an emergency intervention where, at Davos once again, warning that the U.S. 2020 election will determine the, quote, fate of the whole world. Now, in the context of Davos, take a look at this one more time. This is a month after Donald Trump addressed Davos and stuck the MAGA finger in their face. Here's what Francis, the Vatican, and Jeffrey Sachs had to say in response. And it is a dangerous country right now. It will be absolutely dangerous if Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Francis invited this guy to the to the Amazon Senate as an honored guest and advisor. He's also Bernie Sanders' advisor. What's he doing in the Vatican? Why is this guy who's a promoter for socialist, out and out socialist, Bernie Sanders, what's he doing advising the Pope? Why does he have entree to the Vatican, friends? Sachs supports abortion and contraception, but that's not a problem for the Vatican. For the Vatican, for Pope Francis, and for his friends at the UN, Donald Trump is the problem, obviously, friends. Clearly. I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world, but I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020. Do you get it? Do you see why there's so much hate for Trump? Because with all of his faults, again, he's the capitalist. He's not the globalist. He never will be one of them, which is why he pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Agreement. 
Donald Trump pulled the United States out of the World Health Organization. That's Bill Gates and company. And now he's threatening to pull the United States out of the World Trade Organization. People say, yeah, well, Donald Trump got married twice. He's a bad guy. Really? <laughs> he's right in the face of the demons on this, friends. Nobody ever said he was a saint. He's knocking the sacred cows of the United Nations down all over the world right now. The General Assembly routinely votes 185 against the United States on almost everything right now. And you remember, speaking of the United Nations, in November of 2019, again, right before COVID landed, Trump went to the UN, the floor of the General Assembly, and he declared war on globalism. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. And shortly after the speech at the UN, Donald Trump delivered, what do you think happened? The coronavirus was unleashed on the world and Trump's booming US economy went on life support. Do you think that was an accident? So when they tell you, when they tell all of us to stay home, wear your mask so grandma doesn't get sick, please understand what's really going on here. They don't care about your grandmother. They don't care about old people, these people. They don't care about babies. They want them aborted so that they can save the common home. Abort babies, millions of them all over the world. They don't care about babies. They don't care about old people. In fact, if you want to save your grandma, Tell the globalists to stay the hell away from her. You remember how some of them, like Cuomo and characters like this, were running COVID recovering patients through nursing homes? That's how much they care about grandma. And the name of the game now is to bring the United States economy to its knees. Get it out of the way so that everyone will want the Great Reset. Make the new normal so intolerably abnormal that even you and I, maybe, you know, at some point in the near future, we'll be begging for the vaccines because we'll be driven crazy by that point. Begging for whatever else is going to keep us safe, according to our jailers and our handlers and our zookeepers. You see, that's what they want. That's why they keep using this term new normal. You know, what we do to fight back, go to work, go back to school. If you're healthy, take off the mask. And for heaven's sake, go back to church and pray that Trump wins in November. That's what the reset was. On. That's what the Russia hoax was all about. That's what that's what the, the uh, impeachment hoax was all about. Don't you see? For four years, I've been trying to stop this man because if he strengthens America, if he makes it great again, if he brings the economy back again, the reset won't happen. The new world order is going to be set way back. Who knows when they're going to have another COVID opportunity like this one again. And they know it. So ask yourselves why they hate this man. These folks, these men, they hate God. They hate the unborn. They hate the traditional family. They hate you. And they hate Donald Trump. Whose political opponents, by the way, right now are knocking statues of saints to the ground. They're beating up cops and they're burning flags. <laughs> you say you don't like Trump. I'm sorry, friends, but who cares? That doesn't really matter anymore. But you think of Trump's personality or his tweets. Look at the big picture. The choice is simple, friends. Stand with America right now or fall with the new world order in the not so distant future. There's no other choice.
on Michael Matt from Remnant TV. That's uh, that's Michael Matt. Uh, it's, I think it's Remnant TV, not Reliant. Remnant TV. Uh, right. I'll, I'll check on that and make sure I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you tomorrow on what it is exactly. But I thought his uh, editorial really kind of nailed it. I mean, he that's talked damn about, good. You know, he talks about um, the Pope. The Pope is supposed to be a, a representative of the faith, and he's supposed to stand for all of the values of the faith. You know, in Catholicism, mm-hmm. I'll just you know, in Catholicism, I can tell you this: I'm Catholic. Uh, we're pro-life. That's a, that's one of the tenets of the, of the church. And this guy Jeffrey Sachs, who you heard a couple of times in that audio, uh, is a pro-abortion, a globalist, and he's been an honored guest at the Vatican, standing right next to the Pope. And you have to wonder, what the heck is going on? You know, a lot of people, my dad used to say, you know, you can't fix something by leaving it. And I used to, that really stuck with me, but it's true. You know, uh, it, this won't be the first time that uh, a, a religion might have uh, a serious internal problems. I mean, right. in, in Catholicism, back uh, five, six, seven hundred years ago, uh, they had uh, papal royalty. What were papal royalty? They were popes who had children, and they had mm. uh, they didn't have wives, but they had uh, mistresses. Uh, that was, um, I think, of Lucretia Borgia. The Borgias. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is, you you have to stand for the tenets of something. You know, it, mm-hmm. when all when all is said and done, when all is said and done, uh, it's better to be a Christian than any specific faith. Just be be the best Christian you can be, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care whether somebody's Baptist, whether they're Methodist, Lutheran. Episcopalian, Congregationalist, whatever, as long as they have a faith and believe in Jesus and God. I mean, I hate to sound yeah. like I'm getting a little uh, well. No, I mean, I got I got opinions on that too. You know, and he talked about you know, uh, no matter what you think of Trump, he's what we got, and you know, he's our best hope. You know, in the light of day, before all of this political stuff, you know, to the average person out there, Trump didn't look like such bad guy, now did he? So yeah. what happened? In all of that time, and I think that you know the the Soros of the world and the, and the the Great Reset, they've tried to control the church, but they really can't control the church. And now maybe a, a far right thing for me to say, but you know, the media all of a sudden, well, they've always said that you know if aliens really existed, they could not sit there and tell anybody because that would destroy the church, because people would think, oh, there is no God or something like that. What is the media in love with right now? They're in love with aliens and And uh, all this. So, in other words, you know, uh, that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, it's an attack on the church. They're they're doing that to, to, uh, because people are becoming more faith-driven. Well, we got to stop that. Well, you notice how they throw this out while this testimony is coming out. All this testimony and evidence is coming out against Biden. All of a sudden, we have uh, revelations that there might be aliens amongst us. Come on. Oh, well, we have revelations that we have their technology. Yeah. You know, I mean, so at what point, you know, uh, I mean, they're trying to, 
they're, look, they're into ma manipulating everybody. Yeah. And they'll use any means they can for manipulation. And I'm not saying there's, you know, you got to believe there's other life out there because you can't have in that this big vastness of billions and billions and billions of stars that God didn't create more life out there. But we don't have an understanding of that. And of course, if these socialites and these big, you know, uh, people that know all will have their way of saying, you know, they'll have us believing that these aliens are gods. I got, that, a, I got a question for you. How, oh boy. how far will Biden go to squelch all of this uh, negative, uh, uh, all these negative stories about him? How far will he go to distract us? Will he, he take us will to war? burn down the building, which means he will tear down and burn down this country. Okay, that's what I thought. You, that's what I thought you'd say, and I agree with you. I agree. I yeah. think. I the, think this guy's—he's prepared to take us to places we've we've never dreamed of, and places nightmare places. Your soul, the roof over your head, and your children are In his all hands. targets of his. Yeah. Yep, I agree. So I, there you go. That, that now you got my honest opinion. This guy is a. Uh, He's trash. He's a mean He's evil. and evil guy. You're right. And uh, God help us. I don't. Well, what color are his eyes? Have you ever really looked at his they eyes? They look dark. They look black. They look black sometimes. So, what color are his eyes? I don't know. I do not look know. Any picture? I mean, it's just, uh, no. Look, that that's that's far you know, right. You know, I'm sure it's the camera, but you know, you know what Michael Matt said. Trump is is fighting face to face against demons. And you gotta wonder sometimes, devil. yeah. You gotta wonder sometimes, is that uh, just a figure of speech, or no. is that actually reality? Well, the devil wears many suits. Biden's just one of those suits. Yeah. Hey, um, a few, couple of other stories I, I wanted to just mention. A lot of people are into uh, eating right and things like that. I wanted to read this story. Her name is Jana. That's Z H A N N A, Jana Zamsonova. Uh, it is. It's, it's really it's a mouthful. Jana Zamsonova, a well-known raw vegan influencer living oh, died. In, in Malaysia, died last Friday after eating only exotic fruits for an extended period of time. This lady was 41 years old, I believe, and if you saw her, she looked about 13. Yeah. And she was she was so emaciated, and but she thought it was the way to live, and she only ate these exotic foods, and the poor woman died. Yeah, starvation. starvation. Yeah, now, you know what? I eat a lot of vegetables and, and fruits. You know, I did that with the diet, but you know what? Uh, I had sweet sausage last night. Uh, there are things was that it I good, like Bill? and that I will go Bill? eat. I'm on a diet. Was it good? I'm just trying to get a vicarious thrill out of, was the sweet sausage good? Jim, yeah. Jim I'm going to be honest with you right yeah. now. Yeah. It was freaking phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm laughing at you, but you know what? Uh, I'm not laughing at you because <laughs> yeah. I still, you know, the, the when when you lose the weight, the fight continues because you will sit oh, there. You have, to, you have to sit there, and it actually would taste great when you sit there and – you prioritize, you know, your meals and, you know, I eat meats. I still eat meats. I mean, I, cause you gotta have them, but I just regulate how much I eat and when I eat them and I regulate what I eat. But what I, the biggest thing that I did for anybody that's dieting out there, 
uh, I look at the packaging of anything that I want and I look at the calories and that's number one, you know, and then number two is I look at the sodium intake and all the chemicals. Now you think about this, all the different diseases and everything that's going on and the maladies that people have. I mean, there's cancers and this and that and joint aches and, and, uh, you know, uh, sexual dysfunction. Do you remember any of that stuff in the uh, 1800s? No, but then again, they didn't live past 40. (laughs) Well, that's true, too. But that's true. But then again, too, we have put so many. Okay, a good example that somebody gave me, they were looking at Woodstock photos, Mm -hmm. right? So you go ahead, even though, you know, these are the hippies, man. Oh, I know. Hey, wow, man, the dead's coming on. Hey, let's get high. They were too busy smoking their weed to eat. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you didn't see a fat fat person in the crowd. They were all body-wise, and they did eat. Yeah. They they ate well. I know, actually, they they you know you have back in those days when you had a lot of that that uh, Mary J. Iwana, all you wanted to do was eat these. But they weren't fat. Now, so yeah. what's changed? Well, it's the food that we eat. You got big industry that's going like, hey, we put this in it. You know, it's going to be addictive. They can't. Can you sit there? You know, the what is it? The ruffles uh, or lays or whatever the potato. Yeah. But you can't eat just one. Yeah. No, you can't because there's so much salt in it. You got to eat another one because it drives your taste buds, drives your hunger. Oh, I know. We put so much chemical in foods, and that's what you got to watch. You know, it's interesting. I was watching a show this weekend about uh, uh, soft drinks and how carbonation uh, enhances the flavor in the mouth and makes it more refreshing and makes you want to have more of it. Did you know that? That's why we have. And, and, you know, doctors say, well, carbonation is not bad for you. But on the flip side of that coin, it's not good for you. So we go, well, I'll drink this carbonated water. I was there six months ago, and then I found out I was actually hurting myself. So I said, well, enough of that crap. Um, you are, you know, but I you have know, my coffee. You are my idol. Folks, if you saw him, he is. He, he looks smelt. The sad part about it with me, Bill, is, is seriously, this is the truth. When I'm thin, I'm big. So I'm a big guy. You're a big bone so, guy. Yeah, I but am. That, you know, but that, that you know, but I saw pictures of you when you were younger. Yeah, you were a big guy, but you weren't a fat guy, and you're not a fat guy now. Uh, but you know, you were I, a big I, guy. You're stocky I don't guy. Know. I don't. Know. I I feel a little uh, pudgy. If that, I like the word pudgy, pudgy is soft. I used to hate when I was a kid, and they'd take you into the husky section of, uh, oh, of when you were yeah. buying clothes. I used to wear the, husky. Yeah, you used to go to Sears. I felt like I was buying clothes would, uh, for a dog. Yeah, you were you're at Sears or uh, J.C. Penney. Yeah. They had the husky, the husky fit yeah. for boys. Yes. Well, do you have any hey, husky fat kid, Get over here. <laughs> hey, put a husky on. <laughs> exactly. Hey, listen, we gotta we gotta wrap this sucker up uh, again. If you want to reach us, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five six eight seven eight six eight. You know, we're still entertaining the idea of putting some commercials on this uh, program. But, uh, you know, we've had, we've had some nibbles, but uh, we're looking for the right uh, fit. And we may not find it. We may not find the right fit. That's understandable, too. We may well, have we need to... a husky fit because we're a big show. <laughs> we are. We're heard a... We're the husky show. Yes. There you go. Hey, listen, what's our email address? It's mail at itsanotherday.com. So, you know, if you're a husky client that can fit into our show, then, yeah, you know, that's the way to go. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Yes, if you are a fatty, fat, fat, <laughs> you might want to go into the husky section. 
Um, Join the fat club here. <laughs> yes. Uh, with that, I think it's time for you uh, to uh, do your your unique, one of a kind ending. It's uh, I say that because I mean you do it with such verve. Do you want me to sing it in opera style or just go hasta la vista, baby? We're out of here. I like the last one. If you could do that, that would work for me. So oh, you want me to do it again? With feel. <clears throat> with feel. Hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?